Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What do you want to know about your therapist? Are there questions you would love to ask but don't feel like you can? Today, as therapists, we give honest answers to questions that our listeners wish they could ask their own therapists. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. How are you? I'm good. We're kind of both doing like a fall neutral thing. We got some cute necklaces. We're doing, I feel like it's good. Professional on the front and I have comfy to eat pants on the bottom. This is well, the only reason why I would do telehealth more often is the sweatpants on bottom. I don't love it. I don't love doing telehealth generally. Like I like being more in person, but sweatpants, man. There's there's an answer for you. There's an answer. <laughs> we haven't even dug into the questions yet. But <laughs> yeah, don't mind your questions. We have answers to things you didn't care about. <laughs> Oh, so fun. Okay. So today's episode has been in the works for a while now. Andrea and I both get asked questions outside of our office. We thought it would be super fun to answer questions from our listeners. No questions are off limits, and we promise to obviously be nothing but honest with our answers. Okay. When you say that, I feel nervous, and I there's no reason to be nervous. I know what the questions are. I feel like I make you nervous a lot. You do make me nervous, Jess. Jeez. (laughs) It's because you look like you want to start some shit. That's why. To be fair, because she can see me and our listeners can't, when she says I look like I want to start shit, I don't look tough. No, no. Like I'm going to start fighting her. I look like I'm – what do I look like then? You you look like you just want to create a little mischief. That's what I mean. Stir it up a little bit? Yes. You would shake it. Because you know I'll call you out if I don't think you're being honest. Maybe. I don't know. Can't we all just get along? Okay, we're fine. (laughs) It's going to be fine. Side question before you jump in. Go ahead. My question is, do you answer questions that your clients ask you in person? I'd probably answer, and that's exactly what I say when I start with a client. If you ask me something, I'll probably answer it because that's just kind of my jam. If you ask me something that I don't want to answer, I have – I reserve the right to not, and – you as well. So if I start directing the conversation in a way you don't want to go, you just let me know. See, you set it up. You tee it up so nicely. Maybe I'd be better at golf if I teed it up better like this. <laughs> no, I answer all questions. I, I've never told somebody that if I ask them something they don't want to answer because if they don't want to answer, we usually will lean into the discomfort of not wanting to answer unless it's trauma-based, right? Any of my trauma-based work, that's totally different. As far as questions people ask me, I can't think of one I've not 
answered. Same. So that I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. What is the number one question you get asked outside of your office? The immediate answer to any time I mention that I'm a therapist is, so are you psychoanalyzing me right now? Same. How do you answer that question? It, it depends on what mood and what setting. I do have a friend that bought me a hat that says, keep talking, I'm diagnosing you. And I kind of uh. secretly love to wear that around. Yes. Even though I'm not at all. I right. usually answer with an explanation back. So if I'm talking to somebody who's in sales, I will say when you are at a party, are you trying to sell your services to anybody and everybody? They're like, heck no. Right. That therapist hat goes off when I leave my office and it goes back on when I'm inside my office. I mm-hmm. don't have the time or energy to analyze other people. Mm-hmm. It's a good answer. I do something similar, although I'm really tempted. Okay, so because I don't like being put on the spot, because I tend to ruminate just a little bit. And by ruminate, I mean thoughtfully rehearse things I might have said differently. I like to then practice for things that might come up. And since this is going to come up, now I'm ready with a new answer, which is if somebody says to me, I know, I know. Drum roll. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay, so if somebody says to me, are you psychoanalyzing me? Or I bet you psychoanalyze everyone. I'm going to look them dead in the eye and be like, just you. <laughs> I love it. Can I please be in the room when you do that? Yes. So we have a list of questions that we've compiled from listeners. And who wants to start? Do you want to start? You want me to ask you one or do you want Okay, you just rip the band-aid off. You ask me one. You want to and I need to get it over with. You start by asking the okay. question. Then the first one I'm going to ask you is, I'll start easy. Okay. How do other people's issues weigh on you? That's a great question. You know, how do you handle listening to people's problems all day? That's such a great question. And I would answer it again, depending on the setting, I'd answer it in different ways and depending on where I'm at. What I will say now as a more seasoned therapist and someone who's just like no shit is it's two ways. One, people's issues, listening to people's issues all day long, weighs on me in ways that I think I never understood because it's not direct. I don't usually, I have, but I don't usually go home and keep thinking about what I was doing in therapy. Doesn't mean I don't think of my clients. I do. But I'm not usually like chewing on their particular problem, though it does happen. The other scenario, the real true thing is that I notice now when I go to work and I do this emotional heavy labor, I come home and I have way less to give. I come home, I'm much more likely to get mad at my kids. I'm much more likely to feel overstimulated. I'm much more likely to just say like, I need a minute. Part of that is also our life. Like I go to work and I'm pretty quickly home to either take over with my kids, assist with my kids, or I'm coaching or I'm, you know, doing something. We're on the run. So it's not a big transition between me working and then me doing the rest. And I saw you nodding your head in agreement here. This job takes a lot more out of me than I would have thought when I was a young therapist thinking about what it was going to be like, you know, in really tough seasons, a lot during COVID stuff. It can just amplify everything that's already going on. Mm -hmm. This is where where I get worried. I'm worried that our people people pleasing or our caretaking clients are going to listen to this and be like, oh no, I feel bad because you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't because we we chose this. Yeah. Go back to the very beginning here of our story. We're career changers. We chose this. This is yeah. what I wouldn't do anything else. I love it, but I totally agree with you that there are days I have nothing left to give, which can impact other relationships, right? It can impact my marriage. It can impact my relationship with my kids and I can be a really shitty friend because I can have a friend in a time of need who wants to talk to me and I 
literally just can't because I've yeah. been dumped on. But yep. there's other days where I am just like, I nailed it today in sessions yes. where I'm feeling really good about myself and totally. I have more to give on those days. Totally. Yeah. So it really varies by the day. It's not every day I go to work. It varies. There are times I came home last night thinking about a session that I'd had during the day that was really hard. Someone that I care about so much in a really rough spot. And I just, and it was heavy and I was carrying it with me. Not the whole time, but if I sat and thought about it, I was sad, you know? But most of yeah. the time, it's just about managing the energy that it takes to be emotionally present all day. Totally agree. Okay, you're up. Okay, I got to go in for you. Does my therapist like me? I had a feeling that was going to be what you asked. I mean, I want to answer this question, but I want you to answer it first. Okay. Yes. And <laughs> no. <laughs> Because I have to be honest, right? I've thought about this one multiple times because mm -hmm. this is a pretty common one that I get. And I will say across the board, I absolutely like everybody that I have or do work with because if I didn't, I wouldn't work with them. Right. But right. what I have learned is that some people frustrate me more than others. Right. And when I sat with that, it's actually not them. It's I feel ineffective as a therapist. And when mm -hmm. I feel ineffective as a therapist, I tend to like you less. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Kind of. <laughs> so I have different feelings for different clients, right? Yeah. I have anytime I'm frustrated with a client, it's because I'm feeling ineffective. Yeah. And then those are the ones we talk about bringing stuff home. Those are the ones that I will bring home. But from the standpoint of what can I do differently is what I'm doing now ain't working. I do think that one of our core values, so you said a couple of things that I really align with. One of our core values as therapists is unconditional positive regard. That means that I hold you, like if you're my client, I hold you in all of your humanity as good. That's one of the things that I firmly believe in. And that doesn't mean that it, the relationship feels the same way with every client. And it doesn't right. mean that, like you said, that every client's making the same kind of progress. But it's one of the things that like generally I, I feel very confident saying, I don't think I've ever worked with somebody where I did not holding them in that unconditional positive regard that I care for you, that I think of you, that I plan for you, that I like I look forward to the work that we do or that I hold with some, I think, I guess that I hold the work that we do is sacred in a way. That's a great way of saying it. I will say one of the things that we both know that you guys might know is that the number one predictive factor in if therapy is going to work for you is the relationship you have with your therapist. So Jess and I try, like you said, if I didn't want to work with someone, I wouldn't work with them. Same. I, I'm not going to keep someone in, on my caseload. I'm not going to start someone if they're not a good fit. I'm going to try really hard and that's why we assess first. And I'm not going to keep someone on my caseload if it's a bad fit. But not mm -hmm. every therapist will make that call. And so my question Correct. then to people, if, if you want to know, does my therapist like me? Like, do you think that they like you? Because if you do trust that it's a relationship, if you walk in and you feel like you're at home or you look forward to your therapy sessions, or you feel like you get something out of that, just trust that your therapist is in the same place. But if you walk in and you're like, I we're butting heads, like this doesn't feel like I'm making any progress. I don't know that she actually likes me. Those, that's a flag to me because mm -hmm. not every therapist Agreed. will make that call. Yeah, it's not one size fits all. Andrea and I are very similar in some ways and very different in other ways. And that makes us great in the work we do because you can't have one therapist who is treats everybody the same, does the same thing. It just doesn't mm -hmm. work. You got to find a good fit on 
both sides. Therapist has to align with the with the client and the client has to align with therapist. And the number one thing I tell people, especially newer people that come to me, I never schedule follow-up sessions I, without asking if, does this feel like a good fit for you? And if it doesn't, please know it's okay. I will happily assist. And then, you know, any of my people pleasing clients will be like, well, do you not think it's a good fit? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not saying if I didn't think it was, I would tell you, I want you to be comfortable because that's the most important. I'm very open with, I have a style, right? That's not for everybody as it shouldn't be because right. we have all have different personalities and it's okay. This question is a, like, it's a deep one too. It's a, it is a deep one. And I can say, I know that as a client, I've known that my therapist liked me, right? That she like truly thought I was a pretty cool person. I n- always knew she was for me. And I think in some ways that sh- I knew that she, you know, she loved me in a way. And I know as a therapist, I can say that that is not only do I like my clients, I try mm-hmm. to make them well. People, we won't stick together very long if it's not a good fit. I think about them and, you know, I have a lot of love for my clients. So, you know, you might be wondering, but you might already know the answer too. Oh, look at you wrapping that up in a pretty little bow. I know. That was a pretty little I'm bow. I know you're having a moment. I don't want to ruin it. Oh, she's going to ruin it. Actually, you know what? We should ruin it by taking a break. All right. We're back. I'm we're back, back in the hot Which seat. means <laughs> you, my friend, are back in the hot seat. I am. I'm ready. Da, da, da. Let's go with, are you ever silently judging me while I'm talking? Oh, my gosh. Okay. No, I'm not silently judging you while you're talking. (laughs) If I'm silently judging you, I should not be a therapist. Okay. I hope you know from like, right? You just, bad fit. And that's, again, we can only speak for ourselves. I'm sure there's some asshole therapists out there who are silently judging people. But again, there's there's asshole people everywhere. It's fine. I've had a therapist Mm. who did not silently, outwardly judged me. No. With conversation. Yeah, I've had some bad therapists. Ugh. It's true. There are bad therapists out there. Yeah, there's some bad therapists. Yeah. Did not did not like this individual. Yeah. No. No, no, no. Are you silently judging me? Has anybody even asked you in session as a follow-up to I that? I don't think uh, – you know what? People will make comments like, I'm sure you're judging me. Or people will say, like, I'm nervous to tell you this, or I don't want to say this out loud, or I'm afraid that you're going to judge me. And this kind of goes back to, do you like me? So listen, as a therapist, I'd like to assume that most therapists who've been through some shit they, they hmm. should have. The good ones have. Mm-hmm. And that they've worked on them. And worked through them and continue to work worked through, through them. them. Done their work. I don't think I needed to say that with my hands around my mouth like I, I did, but I did. Because I'm shouting it. Therapists should have been through some shit. They should have done their work. They should still be doing work in a lot of ways, right? I am a believer that therapists should go to therapy. Not everyone does, and that's okay. But you should be doing your work, right? None of the work that I've done... And none of the life that I've lived over the past however many years I've been alive would lead me to sit with somebody and judge them. I can tell you that all of this has only led to me being way more expansive. It doesn't mean that I'm permissive. I'm not like, hey, going out and doing this is just as good as going out and doing that. No. But you know, and I know, like when something's like good for you and when something's not good for you. But it's not my job to sit there and judge. I'm there to hold your experience, right? Oh, okay. Here's a funny. Jess, you'll laugh about this. I'm actually a little nervous about this with my own therapist when I go in on Monday. So remember how I have a problem right now with overcommitting myself to things and buying things (laughs) related to that? Okay. I'm actually kind of embarrassed about this. Thankfully, I talked to 
This is why you need more therapists in your life. This is why we are here in your ears. Thankfully, I work next door to another therapist. I told her this and she was like, so you mean you did the thing that you've been struggling with? Like, I can't believe it. How could you? I'm like, okay, fine. You can therapy. You can <laughs> therapize me with your sarcasm. And it worked. It was fine. I have a little problem that when I get stressed, I try to self-improve. It's one of my parts. That part also is, it's really prone to right now buying programs and classes to improve. It's really prone. Last week I met with my therapist and I, and we talked about this. I'd had like a week of sobbing, a week of like balanced, you know, I was just really creating a lot of stress in my life by trying to like do more and get more stuff done. And, and then also knowing that that's not really my point in life, right? So essentially doing what we're telling everybody else not to do. Yes, Jessica, this is what, this is Okay, a, just checking, just checking. I, I just want to make sure I'm following. That's why we resonate. Okay, fine. <laughs> Pull back the curtain. I'm doing it, the thing I'm talking to you guys about not doing because I'm struggling with it. So last week I bought, a, I bought some, I bought a course. I bought a, I bought a course. It was a big commitment. Another one? Yes, Jess, I did. I, I worked Another on the, one on top of the other one that you said, like, on top this of the, is a big one? Yes. Mm -hmm. I did. Okay. I did. I did it. I bought a course. I did not know this. Well, that's why we're talking about it right now. And I had- <laughs> And we both folded our arms I'm so- time. I'm so- Are you silently judging me, Jess? Is that- Are you loudly judging? So I'm silently judging you while silently feeling an inner anxiety of- Oh my God, should I be? Should I buy this no, course? What course did she buy? Should I have bought this. this course? I- It's a problem. Okay, so we all have things that we're working on, and my thing is handling um, basically anything in life by trying to self-improve and become better or bigger or shinier or more dazzling, and then the other part of me that's like, you're never going to do that, and so you're a big old failure, and you know, you just wasted your money, and you're a dodo, and you're an easy mark. So this has been fun the last day. Anyway, I'm nervous to say this to my therapist, and my friend Jen, my roommate, office mate Jen, said to me, don't you dare skip your therapy this week. Don't you dare exactly. not bring this up. You own it. I'm going to own it. And she's not going to judge me. She might a little bit. No. She's not going to. She's not going to judge you. No. She's not going to judge you any more than when somebody comes in our office and says, so I did that thing that we talked about not doing. Eesh, are you judging me? And that is, it's funny that you just brought this up because that is something that people will ask me. When I get asked by a client, are you judging me? It's actually like throws me off for a second. Yeah. Wait, what? Like it, th it totally throws me off track. I really, truly like to think both inside and outside my office, I'm one of the least judgmental people. Yeah. I really seek to understand somebody else's perspective, even if I don't agree with it. Right. But, but when somebody comes in my office and they're like, I did that thing that, you know, we talked about not doing. And honestly, okay, <laughs> this is kind of funny for me to talk about a little bit because here's actually the true story. Being honest, sometimes it's like, ooh, okay, it's getting more challenging. Let's <laughs> Up a little bit here. <laughs> it is. It's like, ooh, okay, now I'm listening. Right. Okay, let's talk about it. I, so no, honestly, I'm never silently judging. I'm more leveling up on, okay, wait a minute. What can, what can, what can we do? Right? Like what, what do we need to shift? What, what haven't we talked right. about? What haven't I dug into? Right. Ooh, there's something good in there. Totally. You're like, ding, ding, ding. About. I'm engaged. Yeah. Uh-huh. Totally. You know what, Jess? So this is like such a fruitful conversation because I just, if you're in therapy or if you're thinking about going to therapy and you wonder about this, I just, hopefully this conversation, it's, it's really resetting for me because I'm both a client and a therapist. And it's really funny mm -hmm. to sit in the, that point where you go, okay, 
as a client, I'm holding this fear. And as a therapist, I know that it's not a reasonable fear. That's so funny. And it's hard. It, it is, is hard. And I'm I think human. it's so hard to hold space for both. I think actually being a therapist to a therapist is really hard because when I'm on the opposite side, one of the things that I've struggled with therapists when I'm the patient or the client is when they say, well, you know this. And it's like, no, 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 I don't know this personally. Right. I know this professionally, but my internal personal self doesn't. And it's funny because my therapist actually, because I just canceled like a bunch of sessions because I scheduled them at a time that is now occupied by, you know, like this awesome little podcast thing that I'm <laughs> doing. And so she texted me and was like, Hey, saw these cancel like a bunch of cancellations coming through. Like, mm -hmm. do we need to talk? Do we need to have a conversation? And and I got to write her back and explain to her why. And, and I just need to figure it out. And she's like, ah, I figured you were just overcommitted and, you know, booked yeah. your schedule out. But it's funny how many of these questions will come up for me as when I'm on the other side mm -hmm. as a client or a patient. They really do. And I will say you only can get as much out of therapy as you're willing to risk. 100%. I don't think anyone expects, I don't expect for clients to come in and bear their whole souls to me their first day. Like this mm -hmm. should be something that nope. grows over time. But I do think of those moments where people that I've worked with for a while where we dig in deep. Deep, right? Or where they've, you know, shit is going down. I mean, I've had time in my own life where oh, like yeah. it, things are not going well. Bad choices are being made, mistakes, you know, anger, whatever, uh, maybe for the hundredth time. And to be able to go and be with somebody who does like you, who does love you, who does hold you unconditionally, who is not judging you, who can say, I mean, I'm truly honored when someone would bring me the part of themselves or their story, whether it's in real time or it's after the fact, that they say, I'm so ashamed because the healing happens when you can say, I'm so ashamed and you show up and you've got all of this mm -hmm. fear and this stuff. And then the person across from you is looking at you and they're like, I'm here. I'm here. I see you like as a whole mm -hmm. person. Like this is, this is one thing. Mm -hmm. Was it your best moment? No. Is it the thing you're struggling with? Sure. It doesn't change who you are, right? Right. So that's the long answer to, is my therapist silently judging me? If you feel like your therapist is silently judging you, you might need to find a new therapist. Agreed. Or bring it up and maybe maybe this is, it could also be that you feel like everyone's silently judging you and that might be a part of what you want to work through in therapy. But also- Yeah. Actually, don't withdraw and avoid, maybe ask. Ask. And you should feel comfortable. And then judge their response. answer. Yes, no, silently. Silently judge their answer. <laughs> okay, I've got one for you. Okay. This is a good one. I don't know. There's a lot of good ones here. Okay, I got it. Do you talk about me over wine with your friends? Do I talk about you over wine with your friends? With my friends. Yeah, definitely not your friends. I mean, hopefully. We don't know the same people. Not your friends. That'd be really weird. <laughs> That'd be awful. My therapist went out to, to wine with my friends and talked shit about me. No. Yeah, there, that would be a big ethical issue. No, I don't. I don't know that I've ever really talked about a client outside of my office since I did supervision, yep. right? So you have to do supervision when you you have to work under 
a licensed clinician for a number of years before you can sit for your licensure exam here in Illinois. It's kind of like a residency for clinicians. That's the only time I would talk through unless, I mean, me and you have talked about like a case to get feedback, yeah. but not what do you think I'm stuck on this, but never in a, oh my gosh, yeah. listen to this way. Yeah. It's, it's such an important line to just note that like we do, we do have to operate under supervision in Illinois, for example, for a couple of years, we have to go in and talk about cases. All of that is something that I think your therapist has in their paperwork and should go over that there's consultation. But consultation is not, oh, so I see Jane Smith. Do you know her? Yeah, she lives over here, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay, so let me tell you some shit about Jane Smith. No, it is if you had to present a case in consultation, it would be I have a female client who's struggling with her postpartum intrusive thoughts. We've tried this and this, and I'm not sure what to do next. And that's the kind of useful consultation that we should be seeking as therapists when we get stuck. Um, we have to for a portion of our careers. And I find it really invaluable. Like I love, we used to have a group of therapists that would meet once a week as part of our practice that we worked in. And I loved being able to bring up in that, I don't know how to say the word anonymous, but as a verb, anonymized, anonymized, Ooh. anonymized. I do miss that. You would get so much insight yeah. or have you thought about this or have you explored this? feel like now I do it more individually Mm -hmm. through my own research or looking at things. But that's the only, I think we're essentially saying, no, we'd never talk about people outside of our office in a gossipy way. If we were to bring it up, it would be in a consultation, very professional manner. And stripped down of any of the details. That confidentiality thing, it really, we really believe in that. That's the whole, that's how we can do our work. And I will just say that's what makes us a therapist, a licensed therapist different right than other forms of I don't know coaches or whatnot right. out there is we are bound by law right by HIPAA I work and live in in the same community right. And I tell people that I take HIPAA very seriously, not because it's a law and I can lose my license, but because it is an honor code as a human being in this profession for me. I I really think it's horrible if a therapist were to do it. It also creates a sense of safety. I think, you know, you go see somebody who isn't licensed, they technically can tell anybody your stuff. I'm not saying they will, but you know, we, we really are legally bound. Yeah. We have, we have not just the law, but our code of ethics, like Jess said, this is part of why, and this is actually the best part of why you should go see a therapist. When you, you might have a very therapeutic friend. I used to be that friend right before I got paid to do this job. I used to do it. <laughs> Whether people liked it or not, I could listen to their stories and my friends who would seek counsel and I'd tell them what I thought and whatever, but I was in their lives, right? If somebody comes to me and I'm in their life, I mean, it's me. So they, you know, I'm, I can be the vault, but it feels risky, right? It feels riskier. Like if you tell your neighbor about something happening with your husband, well, that can create like some awkward situations for you because hopefully you'll feel differently on Tuesday than maybe you felt on Monday. Or if things are getting really iffy, I don't know, man, other people in your life can hold their own thoughts and opinions and grudges. They can say something to somebody else you didn't want them to say. They can try to get involved. And that's why going to a licensed therapist is really useful because you can bring those things that are tender or in process. You know, this is like a live situation here. Maybe other people are involved and you can bring them in and you can know that it's going to be safe and protected and not get out of the room. There's a safety in it. Believe me, when we're at wine with our friends, 
talking about our own we shit. We don't talk about no. We don't talk about our own shit. Okay. No, no, no. We, we I, I do talk about my own shit. No, I mean no. we don't talk about our professional shit. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about our personal shit. Yeah. We bitch and complain about our own lives. Right. Not yours. Yeah. Ours. No, we got a lot. We got a lot. <laughs> That's our about. time. We got a lot going on. <laughs> So it's fine. And no, but, and to be honest, like nobody wants to hear just like, you know, they yeah. go, how, how do you do the job that you do? I, I feel like, you know, you just can shut down a room real fast if you were to actually talk about what you do. hundred percent. Yeah. So we probably have time for one more. Ooh. Okay. Question. Okay. I'm going to throw out two okay. and you can pick which one. Have you ever looked me up online Ooh. and, or does anyone lay down on your couch? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I will take the harder of those two questions for me. Have you ever looked me up online? Yes, I have. Rarely, but I have. Same. I will justify my actions here, and I will say I'm probably at like a twenty percent. I'm not a really big person online. I'm trying to be more of one. I don't spend a lot of time on social media, so I don't. I don't typically Google people in my own life, so it's kind of not my norm. I'm sure that some people would say yes, I look up everybody. Some people would say no, I never do. Here's when I did this the first time. I realized that somebody that I was seeing, I knew somebody in their life. I would have known that had I looked first. Yes. When you pull someone's name up and it goes 26 mutual friends and you go, oh shit, we're actually at the same school. Or, oh shit, I know your sister or your cousin. Now, did that impact the work that we do? No, I didn't obviously say. I, as I tell people, we talked about confidentiality there. Like, I would never say like, Oh, hey, your sister's here for therapy with me. Never. But it made me feel uncomfortable. Number one, because I was like, does this person know that I sort of know their relative? Then I was like, did this person get referred by that relative? And I don't know. And then I was like, well, what happens if this person later discovers that I know somebody in their family and feels uncomfortable? But it was one of those things that like, that had already started. I didn't know what to do. I have discovered a dual relationship after working with somebody that I did have to then reveal. I actually was working with somebody who knew one of my relatives. And I was like, I just, based on this overlap, I need to let you know that you know my mom through this capacity. That just creates a really weird situation. So since I work with people in my same stage of life and I work in my same town, I have looked people up online, mm -hmm. not to snoop, but to check. Actually, now that I'm talking through it, I'm like, I should probably make it a make it a practice to just double check. Do I know you? Okay, so then I don't have to really add anything because that's exactly the same thing. I'm active in our community. We may have similar social networks that may overlap at some point based on proximity at the grocery store. Here's how I I will not be coming up and saying hi. I won't come to say hi to me, but you have to be the one to have those conversations. So that is the same capacity in which I've looked up, not to snoop. I think that is super weird, actually. It's super weird. It would also, like, you're coming in to tell me stuff that you're not going to tell anybody else. I don't care what you post online. Nor do we I. We all yeah. know that what's on social media is this little tiny snapshot and it's not a full picture. I'm about to get some insight into your life if this goes well that nobody that you know is going to get. I don't need your social media page. I don't want your social media page. No. I don't do anything that I myself wouldn't want my own therapist to do. Right. Whew. I think we finally made it through. Okay, ladies, it's time to wrap it up. Your relationship with your therapist is extremely intimate, but also fairly unbalanced. 
It is no easy task to bear your soul to a stranger and not know how it is truly received. Andrea and I enjoyed pulling the curtain back and giving you all a sneak peek behind the scenes. If you have a question, we want to hear from you. We have several ways for you to connect with us. So check out the show notes immediately. Actually, end the episode and go look at them now. Go check out our show notes and reach out to us because we want to hear next week, we get honest about the topic of hobbies. You don't want to miss it. Until then, hang in there, ladies.